Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder and chief love officer at LastFirstDate.com. I want to thank you for joining us here today. Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life, and we have a really great show coming up today. I'm going to be speaking with intuitive transformation guide and speaker Jen Moss about how to improve the relationship you have with yourself in order to attract the best relationships into your life. As a dating coach, I specialize in helping women date as the high-value woman that they are in every other part of their lives, because when a woman knows her true worth, she attracts her best partner. Most women who come to me for support are amazing moms. They're successful in the workforce, but they have challenges when it comes to romantic relationships. And Often we date like we're adolescents. Um, No matter how old we are, we kind of get stuck in that adolescent stage. So we can be amazing, successful, independent, incredible people. And then when it comes to romance, we kind of go back to age 12 or 13. And, um, And I see women making the same mistakes over and over again. And one of the biggest mistakes I see them making without any awareness is that they bring that competitive edge that they have that helps them become so successful at work that they forget to turn it off when it comes to dating, that work work mode. So whether it's how they dress on a date when they're all kind of buttoned up and three-piece suit looking, or they are giving off the message that they are so independent that they don't need a man, and a man who's a high-quality man is going to keep on walking because unless a woman really conveys that she has the space in her life and really wants to be with a man and can can find the room and the space and the, and the relationship to, to make it work, the ability, the bandwidth to make it work, he's not going to have the patience to get to know her. So I help my clients really adapt more of their femininity into their life. And we often we often have this sort of masculine edge um, because it helps us to survive and it has helped us through bad relationships and it has helped us to thrive. But... When it comes to dating, we have to start taking those guards down and really sink into that beautiful feminine self because that's how you end up getting the relationship of your dreams. And um, what I've seen is a bunch of common mistakes in dating, especially dating over 40, and this applies to men and women. So no matter who you are, if you're dating over 40, and you would like to know how to do better, I have a free guide for you over on my website, lastfirstdate.com. Just go over there, and on my homepage, there's a place which you can fill out to get my free guide, and it is 
where I explain the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how to turn them around so you can find lasting love. There are actionable tips that you can actually do today to start making change and start attracting in the love you deserve. Last First Date Radio is proud to be sponsored by Audible.com. If you sign up with Audible today, you're going to get one free audiobook and a one-month trial. All you have to do is go to audible.com forward slash last first date to grab your free month and your free book. And Audible is so fabulous. I don't know if you've tried it before, but you can download just about any book. They have over 180,000 titles. And grab a book, put it on your headset and take it with you. You can take it on the road. You can take it where you exercise. I love audiobooks and um, Audible is one of the best services around. So don't forget audible.com forward slash last first date. And now for our special guest, Jen Moth. Moth, that's M-O-F-F. She is an intuitive transformation guide and speaker and she specializes in teaching mindfulness. She has been trained in improvisation, and she's a former actor who commands audiences as she speaks across the country. Her first book is called Relationship. It's going to be available in the spring of 2016. She has a degree in communication, and she's a certified relationship specialist by the American Psychotherapy Association. She's also a member of the Women's Speakers Association. I'm having trouble saying all these words today. Jen loves breakfast and has an unhealthy obsession with her Tempur-Pedic bed. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So so what's up with the bed? What's your obsession with your Tempur-Pedic? <laughs> um, it's really hard to explain. When I say it's an unhealthy obsession, it pretty much is. But to to make it sound more appropriate and sciency, you know, we spend a third of our lifetime asleep and mm-hmm. we really want to take care of ourselves all the time. So the support that that thing gives me is unparalleled to any other mattress that I've ever owned or, you know, slept on at a friend's house or in a hotel. It's really just amazing how the the sleep I get is has been improved because of that bad boy. So I can't rave about it enough. <laughs> well, okay. I also love my bed, and I have like a memory foam thing on it too. So it's, mm. there's nothing like getting a good night's sleep. I agree, and it's part of Amen. being a healthy person. So yeah, um, I think it's also cool that you have a background in acting and improvisation. And I am an active member of our Toastmasters organization here, and. I am the Vice President of Public Relations this year, and I'm bringing an improv teacher for a workshop next week. So anybody who's in in the area, I'm in Stamford, Connecticut, um, you can find me and just message me, and you're welcome to come. It's a free workshop, and it's going to be awesome. I know you're in Florida, right, Jen? Yeah. If I was up there, I'd be there in a heartbeat. I love that stuff to death. Yeah, it, it's, well, it's, it's so it's great. great. It's great for it's great for being spontaneous, and I think that we can segue that into relationships because I think that what happens 
often in relationships is that when people are dating, they are not spontaneous. They are so stiff. And um, mm. so how would you, I mean, have you ever taught improvisation in terms of relationships? I'm just curious. Um, I, I have a little bit. It's it's a new modality that I'm kind of playing with. Um, you know, like uh, Mr. Rogers used to say, play is the original form of learning. And mm-hmm. if we can't kind of get uncomfortable or, or be uncomfortable with some of that ambiguity, doing it in a safe place, like an improvisational area, um, workshop style, is a great medium to get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Mr. Rogers. He's a very smart man. Ah, okay. So let's talk about women and relationships. <laughs> and what, you know, I talked a little bit in the intro about how women tend to make certain mistakes without realizing it. What do mm-hmm. you observe as the biggest issues that women have with relationships? Oh, I wish you could have seen my face when you were talking in the beginning because I was my eyes were just bugging out in in enthusiasm and agreement because uh, um, in in my life and lives of my clients and the people that I observe, I see very very similar things to what you expressed. There's almost a unconscious masculine energy that permeates society, and women kind of have been indoctrinated for lack of a better term into that kind of mindset and they do approach things as a very um either either one of two ways it's comes across either really i'm too independent for you and i don't need no man or it's the i will do anything and everything i can to show to please to be enough and then it's still not to the right person because they don't even appreciate those things in themselves mm. yet to to really understand their value and hold out for someone that really shows them the love and the respect that they deserve. Mhm. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought in the polar opposite where it's like I I don't value myself at all and I'll do everything to mm-hmm. please you. Um yeah. and often women who started out, this is my observation because I'm getting them 30 years after they got married often mm-hmm. and they were in marriages where they tried to please somebody who was not a good match and who was often mm-hmm. emotionally abusive. Yes. And so then they became that independent, <laughs> I don't need a man, mm-hmm. woman. So you can switch from one extreme to the other. Oh, absolutely. I, I You remember some of those toys that you see in offices where it's like a ball on a pendulum and it's hanging down in the middle and you can pull it from one side and then it swings opposite to the other side? I kind mm-hmm. of use that same um, metaphor for how we kind of react to things. We do tend to vacillate, um, even with our own upbringing and our parents, how we learn to do relationships with our caregivers. We either cling to what they've taught us or we vacillate to the exact opposite side. And neither extreme is where the healthy, conscious, good, hearty, loving, respectful stuff is. That's in the tension of the extremes. It's in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Right. And often we don't have the skills to to find that middle ground that really works right. for us. Yeah, I totally can relate to that. Because um, <laughs> I observed really very dysfunctional relationships in my home, in my family of origin, and I thought, well, I just need to look for the opposite. 
and I need to yeah. look for a man who's just not my dad. And yeah. it turned out that my ex-husband had so many of my father's qualities, but it was very subconscious, and it didn't yeah. did not show up right away, right? So these things happen. Yes. Um, so what do we do it's about so it? It's so interesting. <laughs> well, the the thing that I can say is conscious change is a three-step process in what I've observed and put together. The first step, the first piece of the puzzle is we have to get curious. If we aren't curious or interested or have a desire to know more, be more, seek more, then that won't give way to the next step. And the next phase there is awareness. We need to be aware of what is working, what isn't working, what we bring to the table honestly and without judgment. And the final phase of that is we have to get to kind of what I consider unbearable pain because what I've observed and researched is people don't change until the pain of their choices and circumstances becomes unbearable. Mm-hmm. And that breaking point is different for everybody. So we have to observe those three phases in ourselves and be honest about where we are. And, you know, again, using mindfulness as kind of a, a tool to to determine those things is important because we don't want to judge ourselves and label something as good or bad or right as wrong because then we're adding shame into the mix and that just makes the relationship with ourselves worse. And how we do one relationship is how we do them all. So the relationship we have with ourselves first is what we manifest in all of the relationships we have with others. So Mm -hmm. we have to start by being curious, become aware, and then we've got to get to that breaking point. Once we get to that breaking point, that opens up a doorway for true conscious change. And what that looks like on the other side of the doorway is different for different people. Um, Some people may find that they want to work with a licensed therapist. Some people may find they want to work with a coach like myself or like you. Um, And some people might find that they change little things on their own and decide that maybe one aspect of their life is just going to be okay and be like this. And they, they decide that they're, they're not going to make big increment, big or incremental changes. And um, those are the people that, that uh, probably really haven't actually hit that breaking point yet. Well, I, I think that a lot of people kind of go unconscious. I think the majority of people really don't want to face the truth. And mm-hmm. um, and so I think a lot of people don't hit the breaking point because they mask the pain. Um, people yes. feed the pain food or they, they um, <laughs> you know, they have, I mean, I have clients who hide behind a lot of extra weight to avoid intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, people bury themselves in work. And -hmm. that crazy busy, they numb themselves, you know. So I think, you know, it's it takes courage to live a conscious life, and um, you have to be willing to look, to look carefully and in course correct. And um, I can Mm -hmm. tell you that even, and I'm sure you see this too, like running a business is similar. Um, There's so many similar things that happen where it's hard to stay optimistic and. Um, you know, you have a great month and then you have a not so great month and then, you know, <laughs> like when you're not going to give up on business, but some people do, you know. So yeah. your mindset your mindset is everything, you know, how you Powerful. see it, 
how you see it, right? So how can, so so we're talking about people who already have a consciousness, um, who are willing to do the work. You, you know, some people have hit rock bottom, um, and some people just have a wake up, some kind of aha. So did let mm-hmm. me just ask you in your own life and just get personal for a minute. Did something sure. happen in your life where you had a wake up call? Oh, my my wake up was um, it was not like in the morning when my alarm goes off and you know my eyes <laughs> pop open. It was it was much slower. It was um, over the course of a couple of years, honestly. And uh, it started. Uh, it took probably about a ten year period, honestly. Which now that I think about that, looking back, that was a fair chunk of my life. Um, for six and a half years, I was in a relationship with a man who was emotionally, psychologically, and sexually abusive to me. Only at the time, I was that person that I described previously as I had to do and be enough to be lovable. And um, I had gotten to that headspace because of my first sexual experience straight into college was date rape. And that does something to the psyche and to your values and how you view the world. And so that manifested in all the relationships I had after that. Once I was able to get out of the six-and-a-half-year relationship, which um, wasn't nearly as frightening as I thought it was going to be, um, I found myself involved with another man about four months later, and he appeared out of nowhere, seemed to be super charming, wonderful, wonderful, accepting of me, encouraging, and it was just what I wanted and needed at the time. Unfortunately, um, that relationship also manifested in something extremely toxic. Uh, After about two years, I managed to get out of that relationship as well after being able to discern that he most likely had some type of personality disorder or character disorder. Um, And through the course of that time period was actually when I started to have kind of a wake up. I was also working for a company that the relationship there was, was not good. I felt taken advantage of and um, I started digging into myself a little bit, doing some self-discovery work. And during that time I came across an article about a book called the top five regrets of the dying and that's a book by Bronnie Ware. And for those of you that don't know, um, the five regrets were collected from her um, in her work as a hospice nurse. And these were the ones that she heard the most frequently. Number one was, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. And five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Mm. And when I read those, it was literally like this light bulb went off over my head or I was virtually smacked in the face or something. It was like (gasps) all the wind had been knocked out of me. Um, Numbers one, three, and five specifically spoke to me and that was kind of uh, an awakening in that moment that was like the eyes popped open because I realized these were people who were you know on their last leg in the final moments of their life and they were experiencing all these things and the regrets 
And here I was in this place, and I was like, I, I have, as far as I know, many years ahead of me. I don't want to feel the way I feel now for the, that, you know, the next couple of decades. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine living like this until I actually pass away. I have mm-hmm. to do something about this. And so with that, I I left the company. I relocated. I began studying intensely self-development, personal development work, um, leadership, spiritual growth, and all of those things were really the foundation for me to have a better relationship with myself. And I found that as I grew, certain people in my life didn't understand the changes and they fell away. And as, again, I continued to grow, I was able to look at some of those relationships with a different eye and determine, ah, I can discern some things that weren't healthy about this. I can see some disrespect, some boundary crossing, um, some things on my part that I had allowed and I shouldn't have. So, it, like I said, it's taken uh, you know about 10 years of, of work, but I wouldn't trade it, Sandy, for anything, not anything. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that, that's my tale. <laughs> That's a great story. I mean, it's painful, and, you know, like you explained, you got to the unbearable pain place, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and, you're, and you woke up um, to what you did not want to have in your life, and it's powerful. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can relate to your story in that I got to the end of my marriage and felt that that, that was like a, almost a death sentence for mm-hmm. me. Um because it was so dysfunctional for so long and I felt so lost and unseen and um, out of alignment with my true self and I couldn't, I couldn't be me. And you, you didn't even feel like you had a sense of self anymore, I bet. Um, I did because I always maintained my friendships and my life outside of my marriage and I oh, had enough so of an awareness that I did keep some sense of self because I do know many women who've lost themselves completely I I knew I knew that I was okay, but I didn't realize the price I was paying. And oh. um yeah, so it's it's life is too short and mm-hmm. you know and I you see you just see you know to see people dying with regrets and and I watched my dad was a, a coulda woulda shoulda guy. Mm. And you know his whole life was I could have done this, I should have done this, I would and I was just Oh my God! I cannot live my life that way. That is just yeah. so not okay. And we have choices. So, you know, people like you who help people to become more mindful. And um, actually, my son-in-law just started studying mindfulness, which is so cool. We were talking about that this That's weekend, awesome. and he's he's teaching my daughter who is learning how to de-stress through mindfulness. So. So what are your five favorite mindfulness and relaxation apps, and tell us why they are. Oh, awesome. Um, love this question. Okay. Um, I'm a, you know, there's a lot of technical and innovative kind of stuff that's coming out on the market, and so I'm always kind of amped up to test things out and see what's out there because I'm, I'm a huge fan of creatives and their work and how, you know, we're able to get access to certain things that we wouldn't have years ago. So I've got a handful that I currently have on my phone, and I'll throw in an extra one that's not on my phone that's on my computer, too. So I'll actually give you six. 
Okay. So the first one is um, an app called Relax Melodies, and it's free. You can get it through iTunes um, and the Google Play Store. It does have um, the ability to purchase additional things in the app, but at base it is free. The thing that I like about it is there are so many different sounds in the app that you can turn on and off to kind of create your own recipe, so to speak, of music, of um, just some something that's going to sound good to you because everybody's so different. Somebody like might like the rain, somebody might like the rain soft, somebody might like it on a tin roof, someone might like the sound of someone singing like a soothing lullaby. There's all these different things in there, and I love how customizable that one is. The second one I like is um, called Calm, and the reason I like it is it's a great starter app, and it's got very simple navigation, um, nature sounds in the background, and images to look at. So, you know, like the idea of going on a vacation, it's, it's just even thinking about and planning that is very relaxing. So having this kind of visual imagery and the sounds, you know, using our senses to really transport ourselves there while we listen to the guided meditation is really great. Um, My third favorite is a little bit different. Um, This one is a bit more advanced. It's called ENSO, E-N-S-O, and it's only on the um, uh, iTunes store. And the reason I like it is because it doesn't have any guided meditation. All it is, it's just very simple and clean. It just has the ability to set timers with bells so that you can conduct your own meditation for yourself. Um, and the timers, you can change the different sounds. They've got lots of different um, adjustments there. But the timers themselves are really great because you can set a countdown. So it's going to officially start in 10 seconds and then the entire duration you can set for say 20 minutes or 10 minutes or an hour or five minutes, whatever. And then you can set incremental chimes to go off to kind of give you an idea of where you are in the entire meditation session. So I really like that one Hmm. when I'm going to do some, some of my own work. Um, And then my fourth favorite in, again, these aren't, these aren't in any fancy order either. So, okay. no, all the love goes equally to each of them. <laughs> I like one called Headspace, and that's one of the newer ones that I've seen come out. Um, it's really great because it has fun animated videos to kind of supplement the learning process, which, you know, how I already talked about Mr. Rogers and improv. So, um, you know, it's really important to have different ways for people to get information because we all learn in different ways. So I love that they incorporate videos and um, they have some fun little Android, Android and iTunes as well. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, Sorry about that one. I thought I mentioned that for the others and I didn't get for that one. Um, The, it also has some alarms in it to help you stay mindful throughout the day just to randomly go off for you to kind of bring your attention to that moment, which is really cool. And then they also have just a standard alarm to 
remind you to do that day's particular meditation. You know, sometimes getting into a new practice, we need some accountability. We need something to kind of build in that habit. And having that reminder is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And... Number five is Smiling Mind, which is available on iOS and Android. And that one um, was developed in partnership with IBM, which I think is really cool. I love seeing corporations um, get on the bandwagon to help out wellness programs and, you know, holistic health benefits um, for their employees and and how that ripples out for people um, outside of that environment. So Hmm. aside from how it was developed, it's also fun to me because it has these things like, um, almost like you're playing a video game. They have achievements that you unlock as you do certain things within the app. And we all know how addictive video games are, so I think they were really (laughs) smart in how they built that. Um, And another cool thing about it is they have um, different programs for different age groups, all the way down to starting at seven years of age, which is so cool to see because they're recognizing Mm -hmm. that the benefits when we start earlier with our neuroplasticity are much more long lasting and so powerful. So I love that they've got a range for different ages and they also offer classes style of things, not just having uh, meditation that you listen to or chimes, they have different ways for you to practice being mindful throughout your life. The meditation is kind of the basis for the practice to, to develop your consciousness, to become more aware. But then outside of that controlled meditative environment, we do begin to incorporate the practice. And this app, Smiling Mind, really allows you to kind of build that into your everyday life. So those are my top, not my top five, but those are five that I really love. Um, right, and those and are all the computer. The computer one the, is yeah. a little bit different, and it's it's the most expensive thing that I found, but it's highly worth it in my opinion. There's a website you go to called Brain.fm, and there is a free seven day trial for this. And what's really cool about this website is it's been developed by, I I don't even know how many different people at this point, but it's been developed over the course of years. Um, 10,000 different studies have been done to incorporate algorithms to learn about you as you go through and use it. So it's very specific to you. All those other ones are great, but they're generic. They're not, you know, hyper-specific and focused for your needs, which is something that I found can be lacking in the meditation and self-care space. So the thing Mm -hmm. I like about this is it learns. So in addition to it learning, there are three different things that you can pick from. You can choose to focus, to relax, or to sleep. And once you select what you want to do, under each one of those, there's another choice. So, for example, if I wanted to focus, it gives me the option to focus when I'm doing intensive work or focus when I'm just maybe reading a book. 
And the algorithm changes depending on what your needs are. And there's a little questionnaire to determine how you're feeling, what you're um, experiencing anxiety about, different things like that. So it can adjust what you hear with binaural beats and um, the right sounds to really produce the desired effect in the mind. The relaxation track gives you the option to do a guided meditation in there or just a 15-minute quiet listening thing, um, which is which is really, really great. I find that one um, twice. Don't tell anyone, but I've fallen asleep. It's so relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so great. So great. Oh, these, these the are great. And you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, my apologies. The sleep one gives you the option to take a nap or like a full night's rest. It's it's also really great hmm. too. That's great. So some people have trouble waking up from a nap or something, and so it helps to, mm-hmm. to get you to sleep and wake you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, that really intense. Great. How wonderful it is. Yeah. Um, this is terrific. So these are great ways for people to become more mindful and relax. And meditation is is a huge benefit to your health, your mental health. So um mm-hmm. totally recommend that people try this. Um so as we come to a close, I just feel like there's so much more to say here. But um what else would you recommend that people do to have the kind of conscious relationship first with themselves and then with others? Um any other kind of foundational things that they should be doing? I think one of the biggest things that I see is that is needed is for people to give themselves permission to have the better relationship, not only with themselves but with others, um, and to put themselves in a community of like-minded people. There's something really powerful about being around other people that are not only in a similar place but maybe a little bit further along than you. Mm-hmm. So um, plugging in with those environments, whether they're um, in person or virtual, is paramount to creating what I consider to be the foundation for any kind of great relationship. Um, and You may learn some things in those environments when you give yourself permission to be in those places, to try new things, and then um, those those places should be safe. And I think learning about what safe people and safe relationships are is also a foundational um, aspect of the work that I've gone through and highly recommend to other people. So um, John Cloud, pardon me, John Townsend and Henry Cloud, Cloud have a book called Safe People that I highly recommend. Um, if if that's something that resonates with you, please check it out because it's um, it's more common than you would think is to see how often unconscious relationships are acceptable because it's just considered the norm or socially okay. And just because it is normal doesn't mean that it's right. Yeah, that's a it's really important that you brought that up. And I I I always recommend a book called How to Spot a Dangerous Man Before You Get one. Involved by Sandra Brown. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's it's things like this where when you come from a background where you don't know the difference between what's really emotionally dangerous and what's not, it's just mm-hmm. so important to to really find the markers and know what is your what's your birthright in terms of how people should treat you and how you should treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, so yeah, so so important, and I'm so so glad that you're doing this work and um, and giving this gift to so many people and bringing them the relationship with themselves and with others that really helps them to thrive in this world, which is just so crucial. So thank you for that. Thank you. It's um, it's it's a calling. That's for sure. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I don't want others to have to experience any longer the uncomfortable disappointment, unhappiness. Um, life is so much better on the other side. Mm-hmm. And once you mm-hmm. once you've seen it, you can't go back. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, Jen, um, tell people how they can find you. I am all over the web. My home base, my digital tiny house, as I like to call it, is thegenmoth.com. And I've got a great freebie um, that can kind of be a litmus test to kind of determine where you're at with your relationships. Um, Right there on my homepage, you can snag it. It's my free guide to um, conscious relationships and it'll go through kind of the specifics about what is unhealthy, what is healthy, um, what behaviors and actions and phrases are rooted in the ego versus the soul and how that manifests um, in disrespect and power and control. So you can kind of get um, an idea of where you're at, not only with the relationships with others, but even the relationship you have with yourself. So definitely check that out if you're not certain or you just kind of want to do a little test to check in with yourself and see where you're at. Great. And you can also find me on Facebook at The Gen Moth and Pinterest on, um, on there as well. So thank you again. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and best of luck with your work and your new book and... Uh, Thank you all for listening today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye.